Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, happy Monday, and welcome to member episode number 290. Starting off with security news, the U.S. has joined the U.K. in officially accusing China of hacking Microsoft, specifically speaking about the exchange attacks, but generally of its widespread support for global hacking campaigns. The U.S. said China has fostered an ecosystem of criminal contract hackers who carry out both state-sponsored activities and cybercrime for their own financial gain. NSO, or NSO Group, is under considerable scrutiny for selling its morally questionable surveillance software, Pegasus, to morally questionable customers, including oppressive regimes. The software infects iPhone and Android devices and extracts data from them. And a new leak shows how it's being used all over the world to target human rights activists, journalists, and lawyers. Amazon responded to the new reporting by shutting down NSO's Amazon-hosted infrastructure. Yeah, so similar to some social media sites before, they basically got deplatformed. So just another example of where a private company can just say, I don't like this being on our platform. And in this case, it's not a social media company, but an Israeli, I don't know, spyware company. And uh, yeah, Amazon just says, not on my platform, and took it down. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, those on the right um, have some sort of backlash against this, or if it doesn't even hit their radar because it's not something that they care about. China has a new law that requires researchers to report all discovered O'Day vulnerabilities to the Chinese government. This very much reminds me of the Pontone conference, where a lot of the top hackers were Chinese, and suddenly they just pulled out because China said, no, you're not going to go and share the content there. You need to give it to the government. And this is kind of an extension of that, basically saying, look, any O'Day anyone finds in China, you must give to the government. I mean, this synchronized collection of all the bad stuff is just unbelievable. And I mean, the way they're mobilizing their civilian companies to basically be an extension of the military, and now, now this with security research, it's just they're going to have all the, all the most dangerous stuff in one place, which is with the CCP. D-Link issues a patch for a hard-coded password issue with its routers. A new critical SolarWinds O'Day is under active attack. There's one terabyte of Saudi Aramco data being sold as a result of their recent data breach. And CyberReason has raised $275 million in a Series F raise. Technology news. Windows 365 is a new service from Microsoft that lets you run Windows computers in the cloud with your actual computer acting basically like a terminal. It works with Windows 10 and 11 and is designed to help with the shift to remote and hybrid workforces. China's share of Bitcoin mining was dropping 
even before like the big crackdown that recently happened. And the U.S.'s share has been rising sharply. And now the U.S. has around 50% of Bitcoin hashing activity. AWS has launched Amazon Health Lake into GA for managing health data. Health data in the cloud sounds bad, but one, it's Amazon. They're pretty solid with the stuff, from, in my opinion. Two, data security in legacy health environments is generally atrocious. So any alternative to that is probably not as bad as what we currently have. And three, who says your health data isn't already in the cloud? Probably not as shocking as most people think. Human news. MIT put out a report in 1972 saying that the world would collapse mid-century due to overexploitation of Earth's resources. New analysis by KPMG slash Harvard agrees and says it could happen as early as 2040. The new research looked at MIT's World 3 model, which is what they used for the previous 1972 analysis. And they basically fed that model modern data, like data from 1973 on, and said, okay, how does this thing stack up? And their analysis was that it did quite well. Using current empirical data, the estimate of mid-century seemed to stack up. And like I said, the analysis said that it could be as early as 2040. New market analysis says influencer marketing on big networks is likely to be nearly $4 billion this year and could hit almost $5 billion by 2023, which is double the 2019 level. Content creation continues to boom. Quote, if you make stuff for the internet and are good at it, you are very happy right now. Quote. Companies are having trouble hiring young workers into sales jobs. Lots of openings available like over 700,000 open sales jobs, according to this uh, report. But very few young people want to take those jobs, evidently. Machine learning is being used to create an inflammation clock that can reveal the body's true biological age. And new running shoes are getting so good that they're leading to record-breaking performances. And some are calling them technological doping. So if you've seen a running shoe with like kind of a, like a heel on it, like a, it gets wider as it goes to the back of your foot and the heel is like, I don't know, one or two inches or something. It's like it's just this big puffy piece of foam. Like I know a pair of Allbirds that I had had this when I ended up getting like the normal flatter ones. But yeah, if you see those types of running shoes, a lot of people wearing those, those are what people are specifically complaining about. Evidently, they are actually helping break a lot of records. And uh, no, it's really interesting question. It's like, as training techniques get better, as vitamins get better, or whatever, other supplements get better. And yeah, running shoes, you know, where do you draw the line between being assisted versus, you know, being at your own performance? And uh, a lot of people are saying this line is being crossed with shoes. Content ideas and analysis, direction over speed. Don't worry first about what you're doing. Don't worry first about what you're doing. Think first about what you're about, and then ask what you're doing to help manifest that identity. 
It's like teaching and knowledge. You can't teach what you don't understand. And in life, you can't become yourself if you don't know yourself. And if you're not sure whether or not you're in this situation, try writing an about page. I've got a link here to mine. It is much harder than most people imagine to write an about page like this. You start to write it and you're like, I don't even know what to write. I mean, this, this happened to me when I, when I sat down to do it, and this was many years ago. But most people will sit down and look at this blank page and just be like, I have no idea how to capture what I actually care about and explain it to others. And to me, that is one of the most valuable exercises you could possibly go through is realizing you can't describe yourself. I actually saw something on TikTok recently where it was a guy saying that his big emotional breakthrough was being asked what he was about. And then when he started listing things, he was like, oh, I'm a teacher, I'm a husband, I'm a father, and blah, blah, blah. And the person responded by saying, okay, what would you be if you weren't those things? And evidently he had this big emotional breakdown because he didn't know what his actual identity was apart from interacting with others. I think there's some ambiguity there in the sense that like, maybe a big part of your identity is just helping others. But I'm a firm believer in you should be able to be yourself by yourself. So what does that being yourself mean? Right? So that, that's why I think an about page is so critical. Even if you're going to talk about how you like to help others and you're involved in all these community programs or whatever, that's fine. Incorporate that into the model. But you should be able to describe your interests and your passions and your goals, right, in, in a concise way. And I think going through that exercise is absolutely invaluable. And I think it's even more invaluable now as we're going into this new version of whatever careers and talent and content creation. Like, lots of people are going to have skills. The question is, can you describe how you're going to leverage your skills? And this plays on something that we talked about last week. It's like, it's not about the features that you have. It's about how you describe your vision. And you could think of your life as a product. You can think of your life as a service, right? And you need to be able to describe that product and be able to describe that service. And I don't say product or service in the sense that you're selling. That's not the point. The point is you have to be able to explain it for anyone to value it. So don't necessarily equate value with selling but equate value with why do you care that you're alive? Why should other people care that you're alive? And what can you offer to others? And how can you concisely describe that? I think this is so critical. And I encourage you, if you've not done it, to sit down and try to write an about page. It is an unbelievable experience. Notes. All right. Thank you so much for all the reverse osmosis responses. You all definitely know your water. That's so many passionate water people uh, responded. I probably got like, I don't know, 80 responses or something. It was fantastic. So thank you. And with the new place, I'm getting super into organization, including in the refrigerator. There's actually a refrigerator TikTok now because, yeah, obviously there is. And speaking of TikTok, don't actually have this in the newsletter this week, but it's 
really funny how people suddenly stopped talking about how dangerous TikTok was. And I think the only reason they stopped talking about that is because everyone's using it now. Like people are so strange about risk. They're like, oh, Twitter going to 200 and whatever, 40 characters instead of whatever it was before. Oh, it's going to break everything. It's going to ruin the planet or whatever. And it's like two months later, you don't even remember that that change occurred. Like you got you to have some perspective here. And again, I'm not saying that we don't need to watch ByteDance or TikTok or the Chinese government, assuming they're harvesting a bunch of data. Like there are c- concerns here. My problem is when risk professionals say, I don't want to use that because it's risky. And then two months later, they're using it and they forgot that they thought it was risky. And it's like this blindness to risk that's both like interesting and kind of funny. And uh, I'm still kind of in big changes mode on my side and handling all the various tasks that come with that, like new job, new house, like lots of tasks. It's going to take me months to kind of fully get up to speed. Uh, But yeah, definitely kicking towards the surface of the water. And I just have so many like super interesting things I can't wait to start working on. And I'm already starting like most of the big, big stuff is already done. But uh, yeah, lots of really, really exciting stuff happening right now. I feel like a lot of people are about to be changing jobs. I feel like coming out of this pandemic, the whole push towards remote work and people deciding, you know what, I think I want to stay at home. I just think there's going to be a lot of job churn in the next, uh, I don't know, 12 months or so. Discovery. Your career needs a vision. This one is really cool. It's actually a math-based approach to this concept, which I've been kind of on about, as you just heard me rant about for a second. But uh, I talked about it, I think, one or two weeks ago, and it's just been kind of on my mind. Like, your career needs a vision. Honestly, this should be like, everything needs a vision. But anyway, this is like a math-based approach to this idea. Angle grinder, slice and dice log files, defending against DNS exfil in AWS. Learn how SEMGREP works from my friend Clint Gibbler, who works at that company. The American Identity Crisis by David Brooks. Roadrunner is a look at Anthony Bourdain's career, and it uses a deepfake version of his voice that's been highly controversial. I can't wait to watch this thing. I have had kind of a passing interest in this guy ever since, honestly, ever since he died. I've seen a few of his shows or whatever, but. I didn't think it was all that special until I learned more about him. So I'm looking forward to watching this documentary. Burp Suite 2021 Roadmap. Everything Burp is working on for 2021. Nextville. Find profiles by username on the web. AuthZ. Carta's highly scalable permission system based on Google. Zanzibar. Raccoon. Audit your Salesforce install for insecure object permissions. Deciduous, a web app by Kelly Shortridge for easily generating security decision trees. Can't wait to mess with this thing. Ben Bidmead shows how to use CSV to MD as a great way of viewing asset tables. So you basically have this, whatever, this massive um, asset table data in CSV, and it converts it to Markdown. 
GitHub Copilot, an AI-based pair programmer from GitHub. Get code suggestions right in your editor. I know someone did a write-up of like vulnerabilities around this recently, so might want to check that out as well. And OSINT Tools Collection, a website that collects and organizes OSINT tooling. Recommendation for the week, if you're hunting for a display, like TV monitor, gaming monitor, whatever, highly recommend this year's LG C1 OLEDs. I have one as my main monitor now, which is like a 48-inch monitor, 4K. It's like unbelievable looking at it right now. And I also have one for my main living room display, which is 83 inches. And they're both these new LG OLEDs, just really high quality. And the aphorism for the week. Nature is wise. You can learn everywhere and from anything. Nature is wise. You can learn everywhere and from anything. Leonardo da Vinci. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode. And here's your next podcast.